0: Yes, now we are back on Source Material Live. We are winding down the days to uh, when I give this back to Jesse. Yeah, you can have it. Um, no, I
1: think I think you have enough on your plate without having to run this show as well.
0: Yeah, no. I, look, it's been fun. We've had a lot of great conversations. We've read a lot of great books. We've read some not so great books, but it's it's been a fun ride. But this was, you know, this was Jesse's podcast, and I'm happy that he'll be taking you back over. I, of course, I need proper introductions here. I'm your mandated reporter and frankly, I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge. and joining me tonight is Alexis Haina from Honeysuckle Rose Creations. How do you do?
1: Doing good. Just got Bark Cleo that Leo says hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. The dog, we uh, just finished dinner and uh Cleo over here decided to knock over a plate of pasta <laughs> while we were trying to clean up. So I just got done cleaning marinara, which uh, she and her big brother, Eddie, got into plenty of. But now she is full on pasta and tomato sauce. So she's a little hyper. So (laughs) what you damn Italians do.
0: (laughs) So Jungle Cruise uh, is currently in theaters. It came out this past Friday, if you're listening to this in a timely fashion. And uh, it's yet another one of Disney's attempts (laughs) to turn one of their theme park properties into a uh, synchronous attraction starting with a movie. They've done this with Pirates of the Caribbean. They, done tried with...
1: to, they tried to do it with Haunted Mansion and Country Bears.
0: Yeah, well, we'll be talking about Country Bears uh, also this week. And uh, we've got a long road to ruin out there for the entire Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. That one was successful. They've also got Mission to Mars.
1: successful now that they're bringing it back with No Jack Sparrow.
0: Um, there's, there's a Mission to Mars that's out there. And, uh, oh, and then there's a Tower of Terror that I think was a made-for-TV movie. So, yeah. so yeah, Jungle Cruise is another attempt to sort of, you know, to relaunch yet another uh, Pirates of the Caribbean-type franchise. So, this, so since we're looking at those kinds of things this week, I went into uh, search mode, and I was looking for a comic book that might link up with that. And there's a bunch out there. Disney has a whole bunch of different comics, both old and new. There's ones based on Figment, The Imagination Dragon. Um There's a whole bunch of these Disney Kingdom series books, one based on like Big Thunder Mountain, uh, another one based on Haunted Mansion. But tonight we're going to be talking about Seekers of the Weird, which was based on a project that never actually came to fruition. Uh, They were going to make a companion exhibit to the Haunted Mansion where there would be these walk, it would be a walkthrough. uh, Attraction, and you would see all of these bizarre things that one of the Imagineers had designed. And unfortunately, it didn't come to pass because Walt Disney passed away, and they just abandoned the project. But they took those designs once uh, Disney came under Disney Comics came under the Marvel banner. Uh, they took those designs and formulated and adapted it into a comic book called Seekers of the Weird, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. So, how much of the story were you familiar with?
1: Actually, none of it. Uh, You sent me the link. You said, let's review this. I said, okay. I found a copy on Amazon uh, used. I'm from the looks of it. I'm guessing this was from a library. Mm -hmm. Do I have to play fetch with you while I'm doing this for the whole show? Throw the book. (laughs) I'm not that cruel. And the book doesn't squeak. She wouldn't go after it. She wants her stuffed octopus. Uh, Go get the octopus. Go get Octi.
0: (laughs) So sorry so the, folks
1: my dogs are hyper
0: so the story about the uh that this being an attraction that just never came to fruition you were not familiar with
1: no it wasn't like said you sent me the link i was like sure why not found a copy online uh again used so didn't pay that much for it uh yeah and i read it and it wasn't until after i was done reading it that i really started to research it because i was just like what is this not gonna mm-hmm. lie um I'm, I'm actually interested in getting uh, maybe the Haunted Mansion uh, book. Mm-hmm. I thought that might sound pretty cool. So, I mean, I am actually leaving tomorrow for a week-long trip to Disney World. Yay! Super excited about that. I will still be talking Jungle Cruise with you. I'm uh, watching it on Premiere Access tonight while I pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be talking with you tomorrow via a... Uh, uh avatar because i'm not stupid enough to try to do a ca- video camera while i'm driving
0: makes sense so, i won't
1: have you interrupting the show either you're not going to florida
0: um i have been in two different bookstores one a regular comic bookstore and then i was at barnes and Noble today and in both of them i saw that big that big thunder mountain one is everywhere and it almost made me think we should have done that instead, just because it's so widely available. But I mean, I, I but I thought this was an interesting story, at least like the development of it. You know, this idea of we were, you know, the only reason why people know about it now is because of this comic book. Those who have read it. And I don't know what the sales figure on it were or how popular it was or even if anyone knows what the hell I'm talking about. But like, that's what I like to do. I like to kind of uncover some gems that we might not have known about otherwise. So let's get into it. This thing came out in 2014.
1: I've to admit I, one of the things I always find interesting is the evolution of the Disney attractions and the and what the Imagineers have come up with. Mm-hmm. Disney World has got some absolutely amazing uh rides, sights and things and it really is fascinating to look through it and find out what was this in the 1960s, how much has it evolved, what has it turned into. I I hate to admit, it, I'm actually a little disappointed that I can't go on the go see the Rainbow Caverns. That's the big. That's Thunder Mountain now. But mm-hmm. I, I saw pictures of it uh, back in its heyday. I'm like, that would have been kind of fun to see. But no, it's been changed. But again, that's one of the fun things about uh, the Disney parks is that they're always evolving, and you have these. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I love the title "Imagineers," Mm -hmm. always coming up with new ideas and really pushing the limits of what we can see in a theme park.
0: You know they've they've gone, and it's funny. um, Really, I sympathize with Disney because I'm I'm a guy that likes to do, or at least I used to. Things are changing now, but (laughs) once upon a time when I thought it mattered, I used to do like theme weeks, and I'd want things to link up, and I would just spend hours researching. You know, if this movie was coming out here, what can I do over here that links up with it, you know, and just create four or five days worth of, you know, interrelated things. And that's what Disney does now. Um, We talked about this a little bit with Star Wars. You know, they built a theme park area for Star Wars, and I think it's Hollywood Studios, and it was supposed to be so interactive that, you know, you would have to have watched the movies, read the books, played the games to know what was happening in the theme park that kind of thing and you know the, the cynical view of that is well yeah that's how they get you to buy all their sh- their crap but <laughs> so
1: hey, ca- <laughs> there would be a bragging right to say that you actually mm-hmm. assembled and purchased a lightsaber from galaxy's mm-hmm. edge
0: right um, but I like the idea of sort of an interactive universe that um, you know that's out there for you to, to be a part of the other thing I will I will tell you is, like, they, they've been at this now for a while. I mean, we talked a little bit about it before. Like, Tomorrowland was another example. The movie sucked, and they really whiffed on this. But it was another example of them trying to turn something from the theme park into a, uh, into a property that could be uh, enjoyed through different mediums. So, like, this Jungle Cruise movie, you know, it's a fairly successful movie. I'm sure it'll get sequels. But, I mean, look at, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. That also got comic books. That got, I think, a video. That that at the very least got a Lego video game. It you know, also, it's everywhere.
1: The movie was so successful they had to change the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Right. They yep. act now, you know, it now includes. I mean, not the whole uh, women for sale thing. That's another. Mm-hmm. Argue, that's another discussion for another we day. He
0: wants the redhead.
1: <laughs> but they had to include animatronics of Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush. Um,
0: another one that I wanted to talk about is like you know Disney some would say doesn't have the greatest history in terms of, uh, in terms of race relations. So like I'm beating around the bush, Brer Rabbit and the Tar Baby. Um, you know, obviously a movie that has not aged well and, but there's a whole ride that, and, and so it, you brought this up before and this is what I wanted to link to. Like my wife is one of those people. And we kind of talked about this with lady in the tramp when we reviewed that in ages past, she's one of these people that's like, if there was no malevolent intent Let's just leave history the way it is. Stop paving over it. Stop changing it. And I see her point of view, but I also kind of see Disney's point of view. One, there isn't going to be a reboot of Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. There is, however, a Princess and the Frog, a Princess and the Frog that is popular amongst kids. So why not take the Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby ride, which is um, some log flume, if I remember correctly. Uh,
1: There was. Yeah, I think. Again, I think that got uh, changed into something else as well. It's
0: becoming Princess of <laughs> the Frog now.
1: There was actually an animated made for TV. Te- well, it was a, released on DVD, but it was mm-hmm. premiered on, I think, Cartoon Network in uh, the 2000s uh, that was based on uh, the Uncle Remus stories. And it mm-hmm. had an all black voice cast. In fact, Brer Rabbit, if I remember correctly, was voiced by Nick Cannon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember watching uh, part of it on uh, Cartoon Network, it was quite good. The stories of Br'er Rabbit are still wonderful stories, and they have really good lessons.
0: Yeah. I think, um, I, and I don't want to get into a whole conversation about Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby, it's not what we're here to discuss, but I will say that I think the, the sensitivity around it is a little overblown, but I can also see the counterpoint to that, which is, you don't want to be using Tar Baby in public. It is a slur. It's not meant that way in the in the movie, but Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and no, the it, um,
1: it's literally a a,
0: tar. <laughs> a baby
1: made of tar, <laughs> right? The trap, rare Yeah, it's not meant. It's like, look at it. Yeah, and they're not saying it. it's like, right. no, that's literally what it is.
0: Right. And then the Uncle Remus character, which, you know, some way like some would say is not the best representation of black people. Others would say it's a wonderful representation of black people. You know, I, I it's this- it's one of those weird arguments where I where like I see both sides, and I'm like, I just like the movie
1: yeah i saw the movie on youtube a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. forgive me i know that being a white woman from missouri i am not you know the first person to really weigh in on race relations and such Mm -hmm. but i remember watching going well i mean the movie takes place Mm -hmm. um in i think it's like either pre or mid civil war like, like
0: antebellum south
1: yeah, so there are slaves on this plantation, mm-hmm. but the characters are all really nice. They don't, right. you know, I mean, they, they, they still talk in a very stereotypical Southern, uh, okay. you know, ax, accent. But right. I remember watching going, these are still very nice characters. I'm still enjoying the movie.
0: From Disney's point of view, there's there's, there's absolutely no way. You you can't release it. There's nothing you can do with it. There isn't going to be a Disney Junior or a Disney in the Afternoon cartoon based on any of these characters. It's just something that's essentially a part of their history. Um, But like I said, Princess and the Frog is. um, And so they're changing so like I said, they're changing the Brer Rabbit log flume ride into a Princess and the Frog thing. Uh, As you said, they added Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, And I want to say like they've done facelifts and changes to uh, a couple of different rides and they're actually rebooting the haunted mansion there. We almost did the haunted mansion this week instead of the country bears. But I stopped that because I was like, Oh, well, if we're going to get another haunted mansion at some point, well, then I don't want to do it now. I'll wait till then. All right, let's, let's get into the so
1: haunted mansions. The ride I'm looking forward to most at Disney world. I've never actually gone on it, Oh, really? Uh, but honeysuckle rose creations. If I could do a quick plug early, we do have one of our most popular hair barrettes features the hitchhiking ghosts.
0: Uh, you can't see it from the camera angle here, but I actually have a bunch of. I got my wife a collection of Funko Pops that are. Uh, they were Target exclusives, and they were like like a silver, not silver, but they were like a shiny blue version of the metallic blue version of the Hitchhiking Ghost because Ooh, the Haunted Mansion right. is her favorite ride.
1: Yeah, I've like so I'm really looking forward to going on it. So funny actually, because I, I I talked to a family member of mine who went to Disney World a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I was asking for her opinion and one of the she started telling me about the tower of terror ride and literally halfway through the, dis- the description we remembered we were talking two days after the hotel in uh, florida collapsed mm-hmm. so we were just like so and then this t- and then everything just drops and we're just like oh god <laughs> <It's> just like <laughs> my oh,
0: son shit, hates we'll just- that ride because he he doesn't like the feeling that you get in your belly and he doesn't like landing on his nuts when you go up, you know, <laughs> when you fly up in the air and you crash back down again. And I'm like, that's half the fun.
1: Well, the one thing I was warned about not going on is the mission to Mars. They said, if you can get go through Mission to Mars and not throw up, then, you know, all hail, Alexis, you are a god.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so the summary goes like this. Uh, it's a five issue limited series. Came out in 2014. An all new adventure inspired by Disney's legendary but never built Museum of the Weird. When their parents are kidnapped teens maxwell and melody are thrust into a thrilling race through the world's most strange and dangerous museum to me as they unite with their swashbuckling uncle i would not call him swashbuckling. swashbuckling swashbuckling uh, to save their family and the world from an evil secret society what lurks within the warden's library and what is the walking chair who is the shadow society when what do they want with the coffin clock in a catacomb of mushroom people and a seance room under glass, our teen heroes discover the truth about the museum and their own destinies envisioned from a famous Imagineer, Raleigh Crump from Walt Disney in 1965. The museum of the weirds, innovative designs were left on Crump's drawing board until now.
1: Okay. Now, the first thing I got to ask is that the uh, swashbuckler, Uncle Roland, mm-hmm. uh, when reading this, who could you picture playing him more in the movie adaptation? Because I, at fir- the first one I thought of was Johnny Depp, but then I'm like, no, because then we're just going to get Jack Sparrow 2.0 and not even Disney would do something that stupid. <laughs> Please, God, knock on wood. So the next thought that actually came was Ryan Reynolds. I could see him playing Roland very easily.
0: Um, I don't know. He's such a grump. And such an ass in this uh nicholas cage might be too old but i can kind of see him doing it uh, same thing with jeff bridges where like he's got that kind of asshole quality about him but he again he might be too old for this um, and
1: nicholas cage already uh, screwed the pooch with sorcerer's apprentice
0: gosh I don't, I don't i vaguely remember that so we have our teens and I, look, it's a, it's a very nice story, and, and there were definitely things I liked about it, but there were also some very tropey things in this, like, you know, we have a uh, a pair of uh, brother and sister, and of course, one of them's a jock and one of them's a nerd, and it's always the boy, the nerd, and the girl, the jock, ha <laughs> ha! So um, when we meet them, they're talking about school and one doesn't want to go to gym and one's not very good at math and So they're both
1: basically getting really bad grades because one's flunking gym and the other one's flunking like the rest of her classes.
0: Their parents own a curio store called Keep It Weird and they work in the store. Uh, When we first meet the parents, the way that they're acting, I actually thought they had been body snatched and that these were, you know, like these were... Uh, ghosts or, or stand-ins or something like I didn't think it was actually them, but the parents are acting bizarre.
1: Not even noticing that their son has an ice pack on his head because his right. sister uh, you know, nailed him in the head with a lacrosse ball. Right. I I um, don't know play play lacrosse, so I don't know if that's like a baseball or a rubber ball. Like it's a, softball. a very
0: hard rubber ball. Okay. It would hurt to get hit in the head with it at high speed. Um. So they're in the store and they're working and then suddenly things are happening and as you can see the parents are fighting all manner of ghosts and goblins by the score they ring your bell at your front door um and then they're kidnapped by the secret society whatever it's called
1: yeah trying to remember what the name of these creatures are hang on a second we're gonna
0: um tactics
1: taxiderms or something yeah
0: the taxiderms
1: yeah this book is full of really creative ideas and I'm not gonna lie uh those who know me know that I grew up with a massive love of fantasy stuff like this and if I was you know 20 years younger god I'm showing my age uh this is something I would just fall completely head over heels in love with
0: um so we see Melody there taking out (laughs) It's like half shark, half eagle thing. Um, So, yeah, the parents are being kidnapped. And this is where their uncle shows up. And he's like, you know, I'm here to save the day. And he's got mystical weapons and whatnot.
1: Yeah, he's got Uh, a gun that literally shoots uh, glowing skeletons of power.
0: Later on, I think he calls it like a bone gun.
1: Something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to read over my shoulder?
0: So... um, all right, so the parents are, are taken away, and we meet our villain of this piece. And she says, "We are almost of a mind to be amused, but lest we court cat." This is a very oddly written book. Like the dialogue in it doesn't quite flow. Like they were going, they were definitely going for some sort of aesthetic within the the language being used and the the wordplay. But I don't, I don't know how well it works. It was a little hard to read at times.
1: The pacing is also a little off on this. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's quite a few scenes of. Hey, I've got an idea, and then it cuts to, and the idea is already in progress. So we have no idea how they got to there. And I get that that they want to keep the action flowing, and they don't want us to get bogged down with you know twenty pages of exposition. I get that, but we still need better um, bridges in the exposition.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, but lest we court chaos, the price paid for such effrontery must be steep. You shall deliver the coffin clock to us, and you have until the candleman burns down. Should you fail to deliver the clock, or should you try to cross us further, it is our promise to you that you shall never see your blood. They rela- couldn't just call him parents. Your blood relations again. <clears throat>
1: yeah, I love this idea that they gave him a candleman. It's literally a humanoid figure, life size, <laughs> and he's got candle wicks on his head. So it's when he when that candle completely melts and is snuffed out, then their time is up. And again, I thought that was so, so clever.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, the hourglass theme, but not actually using an hourglass instead of using a can and not even just a candle that burns down, but a candle man, as you said. So the uncle, you know, who is sort of acting as a mentor to melody and Shmagegi, Um Maxwell. Sure um let's face it you
1: just find a reason to say shmageggy in every single podcast it's like a tick with you
0: it's it's on the rattle the broadcasting bingo card hi andrew um and you can hear us reference that many times andrew and i on our review of the right stuff plug plug anywho um, so yeah, this uncle character, like you think he's going to be like a little bit more heroic, but he is, like, he's kind of nasty with the kids. You know, it's like, I'm here to help you, but boy, do I not want to be here. It's like, like they pulled him from a different comic and he was like, I, I don't want to be in this story. It's a very, it's a weird way to write the character.
1: Again, this book does not do a very good job. I think of setting up the exposition because we mm-hmm. find out later that Roland, he is got this huge plan to mm-hmm. get rid of the the shadow society and everything and the coffin clock which so help me god i i when i kept trying to read this i kept reading it as cloth and cock
0: so, all right <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just like so there's that um but, and now, but he real, didn't realize that it can only be accessed by the kids. So it's like, great. So now this whole plan that I got's like, now I got to rope the kids into this. Right. But then you also got this bit where he asks about the keys and the kids are supposed to be carrying these two keys that will unlock the clock. And they're just both like, oh yeah, we've got these keys. We found them on our 16th birthdays. And it's like, again, there would be like an earlier if this was a a movie or something there would be an earlier scene of the kids getting the keys for their birthdays because we know they're in high school but we don't even know how old they are which one of them is older or younger or if they're right. twins or what
0: and the way that they're drawn they could pass for in their 20s I mean like they don't oh, yeah. look like children um, it's fine artwork and all but like yeah they, they don't look like teenagers but anyway they use the keys they get in there and now they are in the museum of the weird which will eventually be spelled W Y R W Y R D um and he's like he's he's at the point where he still has his legs so he's gonna do the mission himself and he just wants the kids to be safe so he's like you know snacks in the fridge beds are over there stay the hell out of the way and then he's gonna leave and and what we're gonna find out is he actually went looking for like magic furniture that you need in order to do a conjuring of some kind and and he comes back and you know and lieutenant dan you ain't got no legs um So
1: kind of a a grisly scene there, because you can (laughs) see, I mean, they continue to burn and you can see the the bone and tissue and everything where they once were. His legs look like two hams, two green, two green (laughs) eggs and ham
0: coming soon to a podcast near you. Season two. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so he's like, well, that worked poorly. Um, And so now the kids have to do this themselves. And so that takes us to issue number two. Uh, we get a summary of the first issue, and then um, you know, shot here of the Candleman burning down, and so the kids like they're thrust into. Now, th- this is an interesting setup. They're thrust into the situation where they have to go collect, uh, go on effect quests and collect artifacts in order to do this conjuring. But they don't know how the museum works. They don't really know what they're looking for, or how to manipulate things, and oh yeah, they're being pursued by various monsters. So it's actually, like, a really good setup for an adventure story. The execution's a little on the lacking side. But yeah. I at le- but I think, like, in the hands of a really good writer, this would make for an excellent either video game or feature-length movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get the scene where she opens the door, and it turns out that their house is now just a void. And he has a grapnel spider that latches onto her leg and pulls her in. And, again, that is crazy creative and i mm-hmm. loved it and i'm just picturing this scene in a movie with a teen actual well, in her 20s but supposed to be teen actress flying at the door trying to and a spider runs on her. she's going oh my god gross gross and it latches onto her leg and they pull her back this feels like how do i put this uh did you ever did you or your kids ever read uh disney magazine A little, uh, okay. Uh, It was about the size of a TV guy and it always had comics in it. This feels Mm -hmm. like a very rushed comic adaptation of a feature length film.
0: Okay. Yeah, I got that. Um, So we get more exposition here. And, um, you know, they're talking basically, they have to get this coffin clock in order to get their parents back. And he's, you know, and right now, like, there's this bit of dialogue here. We played the society's game. I train you to. You do what needs doing. We get the coffin clock. We get your parents back. And so they, you know, they're a little dubious of him because he's like, why are we giving into the villain? Why? Why are we negotiating with terrorists? And he's like, because we have to instead of just, you know, it's one of those like threes company type deals where like if he would just tell them on the one hand, if he would just tell them what was going on, there wouldn't be as much dramatic tension on the other. It would logically be what you would do in this situation. Like, here's the game plan, kids. Like here's what we're trying to accomplish, instead of leaving it be a mystery them having to discover it all on their own. Um, not the world's strongest writing.
1: Yeah, again, there's a there's a lot of tell don't show, but there's also a lot of show don't tell. It, so the ne- it's not very consistent. But again, we got this scene here where uh, to find out what you need, you don't read the books. The books fly, getting kind of a Harry Potter flying keys vibe here, mm-hmm. and all you got to do is grab a book and ask it a question and it has to tell you the answer again. Yeah. Cool idea.
0: Yeah. No, vi- I think visually this is really cool. It's one of the cooler things I think in the whole comics. And one of the things I would love to see captured on screen is them trying to catch flying books and ask it questions. And it's, you know, and then
1: realizing the books are saying, it's like, you know what, we're getting kind of tired of your shit. And then forming that, <laughs> uh, uh, that murmuration of books coming mm-hmm. after them. Again, yeah, that would co- be so it's cool.
0: It, it looks like a coiling snake. Um, it also just got done seeing snake eyes. There was a lot of coiling snakes in that. I do love that Melanie, who is a lacrosse player, like she gets to keep her lacrosse stick and uses it as a weapon throughout the entire book. That's fun.
1: I like that too. Lacrosse isn't a sport you get to see used up in pop culture very often. So I like that you gets to use that. I think if this had been written in the nineties, it would have been a softball bat.
0: Yeah. Either way, a lacrosse stick, um, as I, as, as I know from high school makes, makes for a wonderful weapon. All right. So I don't like want I s- to know. <laughs> no. Um, so there's a collection of different furniture pieces they need to get. And one of them is this, uh, this chair. And the chair can move. And the chair will answer you if you talk to it and give it orders. So that's the first thing. And I and I like this exchange here because they're, like, trying to drag the chair out of the room. And they have a communication device to talk to the uncle who's back in the, um, you know, back at the beginning of the quest here. And he's, like, just tell the couch to run. And they're, like, oh, we can do that? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's, like,
1: wait, you're carrying the chair? Right. I, I think that would be the same as, like, wait, you're pushing the car?
0: Right, right.
1: You're you're carrying the raft? Yeah. So get- and again, imagine on film this chair coming to live and having its legs run and gallop. That would look really good.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Carpet from Aladdin. Um, oh my god, I
1: was thinking the same thing. Well, actually, right. I was thinking more of the Ottoman from Beauty and the Beast. The, the, that one. was the dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they get out of the library, and he can't, In the the, the the amalgamation of books that have swarmed a monster can't leave the library because it's tied to the jungle. You'll get that reference later. Um, so uh, they move on, and now they're in the hallway, and there's these mummies, and they're like, oh, crap. So-
1: <laughs> yeah, they're apparently called husks. Again, yeah. clever name. So
0: mm-hmm. um, And so, you know, we have a battle scene here and a very video game esque. Um, they gotta, they got to fight these things, and then they are helped again by taxiderms. And this time, the taxiderms are on their side. So it's very so, and and it gets a little convoluted as the story continues. But there's a lot of like. Things that weren't on their side before are on their side in that particular part of the story, and then it'll change back again. It's all over the freaking place.
1: It kind of reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean 3, where everyone is constantly double crossing each other throughout the climax, <laughs> and you can't, you, and it's by the time that the maelstrom shows up, you're like, wait, so who's betraying who now?
0: Yeah, by the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 3, I was like, okay, so the CIA knew the FBI was setting them up. Um, was that a wire reference? No, that's The Simpsons. Oh. <laughs> when, when Homer gets 40 he makes up his own movie he's like hey wait a minute that didn't happen yeah but when I get bored I make up my own movie oh um, I'm sorry
1: you're not Robert so I just assumed it wasn't the Simpsons
0: <laughs> I, it, it is a reference though I make very often um, <laughs> alright so the chair is galloping toward. Oh, and now that's why he wanted the chair because then he can move around with his half a legs um, all well, right, I so guess now, it's
1: more visually appealing than a wheelchair
0: I suppose Uh, so they go down into this lounge area and they're able to have a bit of a respite and we have some more exposition dumping. We got the Um, whole thing with
1: the mushroom people, which I just like the idea of walking into what it looks like a library and there's freaking mushrooms cleaning everything.
0: (laughs) That would look, that would look pretty fun.
1: Yeah. Again, I'm getting a Fantasia reference with the little cute Chinese dancing mushrooms. And now I'm picturing them with little uh, feather dusters and it's cute. I like that mental image.
0: <laughs> uh, and so our stinger here at the end of this issue is that they meet the wardens. And the wardens say, you must stop what you're doing right now before you doom the world to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. So-,
1: so one thing I don't quite get is that we have different covers in between the issues, but they all show Melody with different hairstyles. I can't help but get the idea that these were drawn without uh final designs uh figured out man just just something kind of bugs me i don't know why because i keep noticing that melly has got the flipped up hairdo but in all the covers uh, her hair is long and straight
0: i didn't even notice that but that's a good pickup um all right so we are on the run again um which is weird because the last thing you hear is the warden say hey don't do this. You're going to mess things up. And then there's no explanation for what went on in the, at the end of that scene. They're just running now from husks.
1: Yeah, it's like, why are the wardens sending their mummies after us? So they end up in a room with uh, uh, well, it looks like basically what happens when you enter the underwater levels in the castles in Super Mario World. And I'm not <laughs> going to lie, a scene where you go through um, a underwater tunnel similar to like an aquarium And there would be projectors projecting these uh, ghost fish swimming throughout that. Again, Mm -hmm. that would be awesome. Uh, Haunted Mansion, you need to add this.
0: (laughs) So um, then they go through a trap door. And, of course, everyone in movies and comic books and television and video games can fall 50 feet onto a hard surface and nothing happens to them. Everyone's bones are made of adamantium in in Hollywood.
1: Well, duh. (laughs) You saw Black Widow apparently falling from all, falling massive several stories and hitting every single freaking object on the way down will kill you the fall from Vormir will
0: the that is a, an alarming trend in movies now because i've and i didn't just see it in black widow i mentioned it with john wick you'll see it again in, in jungle cruise this is an ongoing thing now where just like you know what's a fun visual stunt drop a guy from 100 feet have him hit a bunch of shit on the way down and have it you know just mess up his hair like, wait what? <laughs> like I'm af- I'm afraid people like the kid who we keep showing in the chat who keeps jumping into glass and whatnot that uh, Bailey keeps showing us wrestling fans will know what I'm talking about that doofy kid don't keeps- show it to
1: your son please
0: he keeps jumping off Ruth no he's smarter than that. Um, your son the- dabs
1: okay I don't put anything past him.
0: he's a smart boy who dabs don't make fun of my son. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, it just, it's, just like, I'm just afraid the doofy kids, like the guy who jumps in, like the moron kid who, uh, you know, dives off his porch into stuff is going to see some of these movies and go, I can fall from a space station in the atmosphere and, you know, land on my feet or it'll be fine. Or, you know, fall through a trapdoor like these kids did anyway, more mushroom people. Um, And they
1: find a medallion on a corpse mm -hmm. who's wearing the same clothes as the warden, which admittedly, I don't think we ever get an explanation of who this guy is or how he died. And if they do, I completely missed it.
0: Well, the warden at one point will explain that he's not actually dead, that that he's using... What is it that uh, Doctor Strange does? He uses his astral form.
1: Astral form, but that's not this guy. This guy's, de- I'm sorry, it's like when you use your astral form, you're basically just ejecting your soul from your body, essentially. That's
0: what I thought he said. All right, well, we'll get there.
1: It, so whatever, but either way, no, uh, this guy is definitely dead.
0: Yes, this fellow right here is is, is dead. Um yeah, he's <laughs> a
1: stiff birth of life. He rests <laughs> in peace.
0: He is no more. Um,
1: Don't so- get me started. I will do the whole damn sketch.
0: So he's got the medallion there, and he's sort of quickly figuring out how to use it. He ends up becoming Lord of the Mushroom People for a moment. Um, But not through the
1: medallion. Basically, they unionize the Mushroom People.
0: (laughs) He appeals to their sensibilities. He was like, aren't you like a communist? He's like, aren't we tired of being the proletariat, working, you know, just going on and on? Like, oh, you're right. This place sucks.
1: Hey, hey, we (laughs) won't stray. What we want is an eight-hour day.
0: That's right um slappy squirrel
1: reference for anyone catching that so this goes
0: on and then they run into the husks husks yet again um and 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 they
1: they tried it they basically say okay we're tired of running they he puts up his fish he pulls a little crossing and the next frame is they're caught mm -hmm. again i could see this in a movie so easily it's and you know just somebody going Way to go, genius, or some cliche line like
0: right. that. Right. Well, I, I also love the fact that uh, the boy is being dragged because he's no threat, while she's tied up you know, on the husk back because she's an athlete and would actually fight back.
1: Not so to mention, she has the amusing. weapon. Yeah, and Olivia, and he drags they drag him up the stairs, and she's like, "I want my arms free," and they're dragging, him going, "Ow, ow!" And she goes, hmm. "Never mind."
0: <laughs> um, so they're put in this area, and it's and it's basically a prison, but it's a nice looking prison. It's like to be here and don't get don't get into trouble, and so. Our, uh, the warden is back, and he says, "What?" The, I said, "I can only imagine what this must look like to you, too. Um, and he says, my dear young lady, I am no ghost. My physical body is in a trance some distance away while, I'm, while my etheric body visits you to deliver a dire warning as your uncle stole all. Um, it's impossible at present for the other wardens and me to access the museum as your uncle stole all the keys. You can't trust Roland. He's trying to deliver the coffin clock to Dysponia and her shadow society. Efren, Fenton, Whitestone, Chief Warden, your parents' employer. What did Roland tell you of the coffin clock? Did he tell you it's not simply shaped like a coffin? It it is a coffin. Or more accurately, a prison cell.
1: Uh, If I can steal a line from an online reviewer right now. Exposition, exposition, punch it out. A.P.
0: For the reaper king greatest of the grim reapers in the 14th century, the reaper king. See, like this would be, I, I know you got to find a way to explain things, but like,
1: this would be done with via like a really cool different version of animation in a movie.
0: Or yeah, you know, just some, they would show it to you. Like he's just like, these are just blocks of exposition here. And they're not even kind of like, it's not even over what was happening. And they're not even drawing out the flashback. It's just sort of this really bleak looking purple page. Um, you get the
1: idea that he's showing images via, like, a, like a manipulated smoke, I think mm-hmm. it is, for the kids. And, again, this would look really cool on film, but for us, it's just very uh, abstract uh, watercolor drawings, and it's not really helping us understand it any faster. So, again, yeah. this is a scene that screams, it works better in the movie. Trust us.
0: <laughs> so he continues to explain things, and he basically was like, look, if you give... If you give her, um, Despanya the coffin clock, she will open it and out will come the ultimate reaper, the reaper, yeah. And then the world will be destroyed. And they're like, Well, we need our parents back, so it's a chance we're willing to take. And he's like, Well, you people are dumb, so
1: <laughs> yeah, get this, this reaper apparently is the cause of the Black Death, and it mm-hmm. was. Which I have to admit kind of was a little bit interesting because one of the uh, things about the Black Death is that nobody really knows what stopped it. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of theories, but there's never been any concrete evidence as to why people stopped keeling over from the plague.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're, we're not quite there yet with our pandemic. But, um, you know, I kind of like this idea of incorporating that and saying, well, maybe the reason it stopped, again, just from this book is that because the, uh, these kids' ancestor. Uh, trapped the demon that the the reaper that was causing it in this clock
0: mm-hmm. so so uh kid uses the medallion again um so we're fighting and fighting and fighting and we're running and running and running <laughs> and um we get back to the uncle and uh they're like hey why did not you tell us what this was all about and uh, then he was just like yeah you didn't need to know um and then he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm actually working. I, I'm. I need the coffin clock to get your parents back, but I'm not really going to give it to them. I have a plan. You need to trust me. Yada, blah, blah, blah." And Again, was like,
1: we oh. get, it basically turns into the whole thing from Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, you know, you have to give up the soul st- or the power stone. No, I have a plan. Really, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I have a plan. Twelve percent of a plan.
0: So um, the last thing we see here, he's like, all right, let's work together. Let's put all of our cards on the table here. Let me get you some magical weapons. And so there's this really cool scene here uh, where they're in the magical armory.
1: I was so hoping that this was going to be a treasure trove of Easter eggs, but I don't recognize a damn thing on this page.
0: (laughs) That takes us to issue number four, which I can't show you because they didn't upload the pictures in this book. So quick take us through it, Alexis.
1: How's this? Perfect. <laughs> I can't see the screen. Mm. So, yeah, so the kids are going to get, I guess they have to get the rest of the furniture mm-hmm. for the this room. Because once they get all this living, moving furniture, then they can access the clock. So I guess it's a clock that likes feng shui. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, And we get bits with the kids using their weapons, but again, they're kind of out of nowhere. And I real, and I swear to God, you can make a drinking game out of this. This is a scene that would work better in a movie. Mm -hmm. The scene where um, it looks like Melody has these uh, grenades, but they're Faberge eggs, and she Mm -hmm. grabs them and uses her polo stick, and she hits the taxiderma with them, and I guess they burst into flames. I think. And it's like pitch uh, meeting.
0: that's a thing that can happen
1: until you know kids start going through their parents' fabricate a collection, going, Look, mom, what what I can do? Shatter, and why didn't that, it blow up?
0: Uh, well, that would involve a lot of child protective services, but let's not dwell on that right now,
1: okay? And Maxwell has a shifting uh ring which Mm -hmm. he basically presses into it, and it can turn into a variety of things, but all we see him use it is it turns into a sword. Mm -hmm. Again, really cool idea. And, yeah, you get the scene of them coming out of this um, tool shed, trying to fight off man-eating plants, which we don't get to see. Again, that would have been cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this book... I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, um, I just... Because we're, we're running toward, we're actually in the uh, fourth issue here. So I want to get this in before it's uh, too late. I just want to remind everyone of all, one of our great, great sponsors, which is Grammarly. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake for you on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today. Go to GetGrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's GetGrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. Please continue.
1: Unfortunately, Grammarly does not help with pacing, which is what they really needed help with with this book. <laughs> so, yeah, it cuts. It's like, we found the last piece of the living room, and it's a sofa, and they're using their weapons against these man-eating plants. And you actually have Maxwell screaming, follow us, sofa to freedom! <laughs> <laughs> And then they find Roland's gun with it shoots like the skeleton things. I, again, it's like it shoots like bones that are haunted, but I don't know what these bones are doing, okay? I don't think it's throwing skeletons at them. And they find a taming potion which they spray on the man-eating plants. So instead of eating them, it licks their face like uh, like a Labrador. Mm-hmm. And then they bring everything back to the room and they give Roland his guns and he calls them the St. Louis specials.
0: Yes. All right, is that the end of issue four?
1: No. So <laughs> then they start assembling uh, the furniture and the rooms. Like once assembled properly, the living room tunes the conjuration to summon the coffin clock out of the crawlway, the space between. John and his grave just twitched. So, okay, so they do that, and he says they need to uh, have a sacrifice of pain, but he says it doesn't have to be that much pain, so the kids literally just, like, thud their hands against the table, just going, ow, (laughs) and that works, and the uh, coffin clock appears, which I will pull up a picture here. Oh, there it is. Yeah, cool design. Yep. But at that moment, um, the uh, uh, the Candleman finally uh, snuffs out, and we get the Shadow Society showing up. This is kind of hard to hold up without getting a weird glare on the screen look, and moving look, in opposite directions there. It's fine. So there's that. I feel like a, a teacher doing story time, it's like, look at this, kids.
0: <laughs> Here, I, su- I switched the angle of the uh, of the camera now so that uh, when That'll you hold help, it up, it'll thanks. be a little bit bigger.
1: So yeah, she uh says okay. So Dis- Disponia, Dis- Disponia, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. Uh, she and the Shadow Society sh- uh, show up, and she says that Roland uh got her access, and that Roland has been planning to betray them the whole time and sell them the Coffin Clock for a big. a treasure they bring out um the kids parents who are still uh being held by the taxiderma Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we get it again a ton of exposition about how uh basically they only captured the parents because they realized that the kids are the only ones who can open this clock Mm -hmm. because their ancestor Uh, is the one who locked up the reaper and uh there's some kind of spell prophecy i don't know that says that only the youngest of his bloodline can open it so Mm -hmm. even though roland got them the coffin they knew that they would need to hold the parents hostage otherwise the kids wouldn't cooperate gotcha So you got that, and they're all like, Roland, you betrayed us, how could you? And he gets three million pieces of silver, and then it turns out it's a um, triple cross, as it were, because uh, Roland called in the cavalry, aka the wardens, and the plan was to use the coffin clock to lure the Shadow Society into the museum where the wardens could finally kill them the common claw was essentially the bait mm-hmm. this book is again i'm getting crazy pirates of the caribbean three yeah, flashback. yeah i'm not there. gonna say
0: i'm not gonna lie this is where the book lost me
1: yeah and the wardens are really pissed off at roland because he's betrayed them and he's like it's like you stole our keys to the museum you teleport then you teleport them back to us, allowing us to arrive just in time to catch Despoina Dispo- paying you for betraying us. You know, it's like you have betrayed us to the enemy. You are a traitor to the cause and to humanity and to attempt implicating your blood relatives. You're worse than Despoina. You know the punishment for traitors, but.
0: You've betrayed and, Sheba.
1: Hanam Shavai. <laughs> and. There's a this weird thing where Roland, instead of saying you know shit or fuck or something, he goes mm-hmm. excretions.
0: Yeah, again, the book is written kind of like weird at times.
1: Yeah, it's like okay, we get it. He's trying to say ah shit, right. but or ah crap, but Disney. Like,
0: I then say fooey. <laughs> I'd have taken fooey excretions. Like stop. Like like really really smart people don't don't speak that way. No, yeah, that's don't. what they were going for. Like, oh, he's a really smart person. So let's give him a big, you know, SAT word. He was like, no, no one talks that way.
1: Yeah. And he's, but so, and he's trying to get, and he's like, no, I'm not a traitor. This was a sting operation, but the mm-hmm. wardens don't believe him. And we get this big fight between the wardens and the shadow society because The Shadow Society has also been betrayed, so now Roland's got two people coming after him. But but at least the wardens have said, at least your death will be painless. And uh, Despoina is saying, oh, it ain't going to be painless, trust me. (laughs) So they get on the running chair, uh, uh, Roland and the kids, and shout, giddy up.
0: Of course you do.
1: And then we get to them hiding in i guess it's a closet and max says he has an idea and that's the end of issue four
0: all right well let's uh, go to issue five and then we will be done here for the evening uh here we go that one all right so issue number five uh we <laughs> we're inside the hothouse and um again i feel like there's just scenes missing between issues. You know, this is the second time at least now where we've jumped ahead from where we left off in the previous issue and stuff is happening. Like, wait, wait, how did, how did we get here?
1: Yeah. Like I said, Graham really ain't going to help this kind of thing.
0: Um, So we get a flashback here to Roland going to their parents for help and, you know, them figuring things, some things out. And so we get more, explanation this time from, from Roland, some exposition rather. He um, says stodgy old codgers, especially the young ones kicked me out of the group. More times I can count. They would never agreed to just letting the society in. Child's play to lure the wardens out of the museum and steal their keys. Of course, real trick was making Despania think I'd actually sell her the coffin. Not so hard after I got the wardens mad at me was the problem. Yeah, his speech pattern in this is just bizarre. Um, the kids have just about had it as you can see. <laughs> it's just like enough already. Jesus Christ. Um, and so we get this crazy battle at the end between the taxiderms and the husks and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Maxwell says get over here now and join the winning team. Um, and so it's a you know <laughs> we see Roland on a ho- on a undead unicorn plant horse.
1: I don't know, but maybe the unicorn part there is why I picture Ryan Reynolds doing this. Maybe. You can only see so much Deadpool fan art before that shit starts getting lodged in your brain. And yeah, he is taken. I guess they were um, arms that were holding. Cleo, don't slobber on my book. Are you kidding me? You're adorable, but don't do that.
0: I like Um, how he was like, all right, feet, punch him. (laughs) His feet turn into fists.
1: Yeah, apparently these were, I guess it's something similar to what you see in a haunted house where you have disembodied arms holding uh, torches mm-hmm. in, on walls. And I know in some haunted houses, they actually have the hands move. So I guess that's what these were supposed to be because we see it in, a, in the previous page that he we saw one holding a torch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess he just took two of those off the wall and is using them as his legs and yeah, I guess they're sentient enough to know that, but it is so weird looking.
0: <laughs> it was pretty amusing. So the parents are no longer captured, and they say, Hey, everything Roland said is true. Um, and so we're still having kind of a three-way dance here between uh the witch people, the wardens, and our family. Um,
1: I I want to know more about the weapons the parents are holding. He's holding a old uh classic camera like a brownie style camera that's dealing out some kind of magic force and she's got an umbrella which is reminding me way too much of uh, uh john steed from the avengers <laughs> so but i looked at them like i don't want that brownie camera that shoots magic that's so cool
0: so we see the chiming of the bells here and of course the coffin is about to open and says at last gather around our society or your beloved king comes nigh you are our beloved. And then he's like, listen, you.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry. You it's like, it's like, I'm sorry. I've been trapped in this thing for how long? And you assholes couldn't get me out. Yeah. He's this- not having it. No, nah, he, he, he's cranky. They woke him up early from his nap.
0: Um, you, you should have made a bigger effort. I judge all of you unfit to follow the path. I led down the world. What an ungrateful ghost demon devil thing. And I take back all my gifts. So they, they, they made sure to get this thing out of the coffin, and then he gets out of the coffin, and he's like, no, nah, fuck all y'all.
1: Yeah, takes back all the immortality from the Shadow Society. So mm-hmm. I guess that was the idea that if this book was even more successful and they wanted sequels, they could have uh, them come back, but now they can be killed.
0: So uh, Maxwell's got both the keys. He's trying to lock the ghost in there again, and he, and he does. <laughs> the, the, the light is green. The trap is clean.
1: And he gets a uh, rogue effect on his hair from where because the night king, gr- the night king, the reaper <laughs> grabs his head and pulls him back before he trying to un- trying to stop him. And now he's got this like he's got I guess black hair, but now he's got a white hand pattern. Yeah, on his head.
0: Uh, so- yep. And so as we draw to a conclusion here, they're working with Roland and they're learning stuff. And you know, you see Maxwell learning how to do enchantments and whatnot, and his sister is still playing lacrosse. And um, and that's it. Thank you for visiting the Museum of the Weird. So uh, I'll give my final thoughts here. Overall, it was a you know lighthearted, fun, and enjoyable book. Um, not perfect, not by a long stretch, but definitely something that I think works okay as a comic book, if that's your only way of getting it out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is just sitting on the backlog of, you know, it's so hard because to get a project greenlit now, it's like, okay, well, you know, what quadrants does it uh, does it affect, and you know, what 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 check boxes does it check, and is there an audience for this out there? I mean, not not to get off on a tangent here, but there was a, I was listening to the critical uh, critically acclaimed guys talk about Snake Eyes. And, you know, look, everyone know. you would think that everyone knew what G.I. Joe was and Snake Eyes, but even that's having a hard time finding an audience. And so uh, if you're Disney and, and you really want to put your money on sure things. Um, as much as we're both sitting here saying, you know, gushing about this book and saying, wouldn't this be a cool thing to adapt? They might be looking at it and going, this isn't even the thing we made. You know, so it's not really worth, this might not be worth doing because no one knows what it is, you know, unless you're a guy doing a podcast looking for content. But otherwise, but other than that, like I said, it was a fun, uh, I, I like these sort of, you know, like I said, rare gems and jewels out there that maybe wouldn't get a, a lot of attention unless, you know, you were doing this sort of thing. So um, not the, not the worst hour I've spent reading a book. Your thoughts. <laughs> Someone's got the zoomies.
1: Yes, she does. Um, I have the sneaking suspicion that part of this was released to see if there was a, um, a market to mm-hmm. go ahead and finally build this museum. Part of me wonders if somebody at Disney has been trying to push opening the Museum of the Weird adjacent to the uh, Haunted Mansion for a while now. Mm-hmm. And this got pushed as a away to saying, well, let's see if it works. And if this book was like incredibly popular. Seriously, guys, then maybe it would have inspired Disney to do to go ahead and develop it and uh, open up the museum after all these years.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um the other thing I will I will pause it and then you know we'll we'll get out of here. They have Disney Plus. Disney Plus needs new content. They can't continue to just do the same old shit over and over and over again. Marvel's only going to be able to do so much. Lucasfilm's only going to be able to do so much.
1: Yeah, this um, thing screams Disney Channel original movie.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, and again, you could, could could you make a six to ten episode series out of this? Yeah, sure, with enough, you know, with enough padding and enough fleshing yeah. out. So why not do a another Disney Plus show or a Disney, uh, Disney Plus original movie you know that's the thing with all these streaming services is they need exclusive stuff you're not going to find anywhere else um and so i think something like a lady in the tramp size budget uh and that level of quality and you're throwing it up on disney plus i mean you know why not why what, look if you can do what was it ulysses and sam, sam or something like that something the, like the,
1: that yeah. yeah
0: the what the, the the book they made into a, a movie with a squirrel superhero I don't see why they can't do this.
1: I think this would be more interesting than the uh, secret society, secret Benedict society or whatever the hell it was.
0: Um, I told my daughter about that. Even my daughter was like, yeah, great. And hasn't watched it. Like they're, they're, they're trying, man. They're throwing shit at the wall, but not all of it's sticking.
1: It's getting kind of annoying how many of their shows or movies. Now it's like, we get it. You're trying to make your own version of the X-Men. Give it up. All right. Uh, It's either X-Men or My Hero Academia or something. (laughs) My daughter
0: loves My Hero Academia. Oh, I figured. All right. Before we go, I just want to remind everybody that uh, yet another one of our sponsors is Amazon Music. We're giving away a free 30 days of AmazonMusic.com by clicking the link. GetAmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network. That's GetAmazonMusic slash W2M Network. Give you If you sign up for it, you get a free 30 days to stream unlimitedly. And then if you, uh, at the end of that 30 days, you want to keep it, you pay the monthly fee. If not, you cancel it. No fuss, no must, no contracts, no pains in the ass, no nothing. It's a great service. I love Amazon. Use it all the time. With that said, the only plug I'm going to tell you about is, uh, we're like I said, at the top of the show, we're doing this because Jungle Cruise is in theaters now, which we'll be reviewing tomorrow. It'll be myself, Alex Haina. And Robert Winfrey, uh, whose early take on Jungle Cruise was, it's a movie. And that is the kind of analysis you can expect here on the Rattlesham Broadcasting Network. We tell you things that are. Anyway, <laughs> um, other than that, we are on wherever it is you found this, we are on every streaming, uh, we are on every podcast catcher imaginable and YouTube. Uh, the link to our link tree where you can find us in various spaces will be in the description. So if you're listening to us in a place and you're like, but that's not where I want to listen to you, click the link and you'll find where you do want to listen to us. Click subscribe and you'll get all the new shows. The Rattling Broadcasting Network drops a show every single day, sometimes more than one. We might do a movie and some wrestling. We might do a comic and some wrestling. We might do, you know, my son screaming into a microphone while he he watches a movie and some wrestling. So (laughs) do a lot of wrestling is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, so go ahead and click subscribe and you'll get all the new shows in your podcatcher as they come out. So uh, never go a day without listening to my sultry voice. Speaking of sultry voices, Alexis Haina, I hear you're, you're selling your wares at a con.
1: That's right. We are leaving tomorrow, uh, not only for that trip to Disney World, we're working Megacon down in Orlando. Uh, in Not this coming weekend, but next weekend. First time working the show. Really looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you and your family there, Mark. And have a lot of fun um afterwards the week after that we're back in kansas city for planet comic-con it's our home show this is our ninth year there so happy that it's back open always have a lot of fun with that and then i'm uh, gonna need some strength for this heading out awesome. to colorado springs the <laughs> weekend after that
0: fifth say on the road again so you used to have help do you not have help anymore is it just you you know packing boxes and driving crisscross
1: my help kind of went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
0: I was not going to get into that. The question was, do you have help?
1: <laughs> no, I don't have help. Gotcha. Uh, so, no, I am working solo on these three shows in a row. And then I will be putting myself in a coma. And then I will be coming out to work Cincinnati Comic Expo. Um, of well, course. You have,
0: a, you have a long week of shows headed, uh, coming up. You have um, Vote Loki, Free Guy, Loki, if you're doing that with us still, um, since you oh, also did it. Of I'm with doing Loki. Uh, well, I wasn't sure since you'd already talked about it with Jeff and his crew, and then we have the oh. long Halloween. So yet another entire week dedicated to Alexis Haina podcast. Can you believe it? The 16th through the 19th, ain't we got yeah. fun?
1: That'll be the week between uh, Orlando and between MegaCon and Planet Comic Con. So I will be doing the show with you, but I may actually, once again, be the avatar if it comes down to I can talk, but you're going to have to put up with me working while I talk.
0: (laughs) While you're making jewelry and there's a guy whipping you in the back.
1: (laughs) I'm my own whip. (laughs)
0: <laughs> just, just fl- flagellating yourself just, ah, I gotta make jewelry what the hell
1: ah, more charm bracelets ah, more chokers <laughs> ah, more earrings
0: whatever get- hey look I'm like Vince McMahon whatever gets the match in the ring <sighs> <sighs>
1: This is why I'm actually cutting down on the cons for 2022 because I've realized now that we're selling, oh yes, and we're also selling at two local shops now, Level 1 Game Shop in uh, the River Market, Kansas City area, and Mind Games and Magic on Lee Summit. And they also want me to come in in a few weeks to uh, restock their stores, so good luck to me having any stock by the time I get to Colorado Springs. But, yeah, this is why I'm cutting back on the cons, because now between the three of them, I've realized I can only make so much so quickly before I start acting like Cleo does and going absolutely nuts. (laughs) For the record, folks, I'm sorry that you had to deal with the uh, reenactment of money in the bank going on behind me. (laughs) All
0: right. um, That's it. That's our show. Uh, Alexis Hannah, like I said, will be back to do Vote Loki. And um, I think that's the last comic you're doing with me i know jesse and oh yeah one last thing i was gonna ask you before we go have you guys figured out when you're recording your next trip of trivia for uh, toys
1: we talked about it and i cannot remember it off the top of my head because i think we're gonna be recording particularly late into the month because of how crazy busy i am
0: yeah that's what jesse told me
1: Yeah. Sorry, Jesse. I swear I didn't plan on this happening. Uh, No, this is what happens after the pandemic is that all these conventions were supposed to be spread out throughout the year. Originally, uh, MechaCon and Planet Comic Con were supposed to be in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, Colorado Springs was, I want to say, supposed to be in July of 2020. But now that everyone's getting the vaccine and safe precautions are back up for now, knock on wood. No one knocked, calm down. <laughs> Dogs <laughs> just kind of sat up, was like, well, what was no? that noise? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you have a lot of shows that uh, are saying, okay, let's try to get something in before the end of 2021. So you have all these shows piling on one yeah, after the all other. All
0: the cons right now, right this very second.
1: Yeah, I've got a girlfriend who makes corsets. who literally this weekend, she is starting a seven week tour. Oof. She has a show every weekend for seven weeks. It's like, I'm not going to complain about three shows in a week, okay? This girl's got way more stamina than I do. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of way more
0: stamina, that's it. That's our review of Disney Kingdom Seekers of the Weird. We'll be back again uh, tomorrow for Jungle Cruise and Snake Eyes and more uh, Disney-related content as the week rolls on. Until then, be be well, be safe, and behave.